Hello and welcome to Screen Babble, your guide to what to watch. We'll be tuning into hours and hours of TV so we can tell you what you need to be switching on and what's to be avoided. I'm your host Kelly Crichton and as ever our resident TV critic Stephen Ross is here. In addition this week we're joined by our digital team colleague Craig Sinclair here with us to take on Back to the Future once again. Remember if you want to see our faces you can head over to the brand new Freeview channel 276 Shots which is brought to you by a network of journalists across the country who are transforming stories at the heart of your community into great TV. You'll find true crime stories, football news and analysis plus coverage of lifestyle TV, film and much much more. If you haven't tuned in before each week we'll be chatting about what we're watching as well as looking more closely at a new programme or something making the headlines in the deep dive. This week, Stephen is talking to us about Netflix crime sci-fi drama, Bodies. Finally, we go back to the future to tell you about a programme you may have missed when it first aired or streamed. This week, Craig is going to tell us about Community, which I definitely missed the first time around. But first, we'd like to talk about what everyone has been watching recently. So Stephen, you're up first this week. Tell us, what have you been watching? Yeah, I've been working my way through Scrubs. Oh, um, very good. Very slowly. I, I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I've never watched it back to front. Oh, I think that'll be up um, your so street, I'm all right. Halfway through season one, and yeah, it's it's very dangerous, though, because it's the kind of thing if you start... I, I find with 20-odd-minute episodes, you can easily watch, like, five hours of it on the bounce. <laughs> so I'm trying to restrain myself um, because, yeah. you know, I need to sleep and do my work and all of that sort of <laughs> stuff. Got a scrubs addiction. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's really funny and then also really heartfelt. And I didn't realise from the bits I'd seen and what I knew of it how deep a character Cox was, you know, the mm-hmm. sarcastic, Rude. one of the bigger wigs at the hospital. I thought he was just a sarcastic sort of fairly malicious guy that's also quite funny but he's also evidently got quite a bit of heart going on as well which is yeah. quite quite nice and it's the other the other doctor that's kelso that's more of a um, a knob mm-hmm. there's always a bigger fish yeah i think a few of them have sustained their friendships in real life as well you see them posting up together and stuff sometimes so i think yeah that's it was nice. ran for a long time that that. Yeah, I mean, it's going to keep me going for ages. There's about 180 episodes, I think, and I'm probably 12 episodes in, but very good so far. I'm just hoping it's one one of those shows that maintains the quality past sort of season three. I don't ever remember it going particularly downhill. Not that I watched it religiously, but I think people enjoyed it to the end, mm. if memory serves me correct. Funnily enough, they actually mentioned that in Community, and it gets to the point where it's the latter seasons and pretty much the original cast of just not appear at all but for whatever reason Zach Braff makes a uh, like a customary sort of cameo all the way through and provides a voiceover and it coolly gets slated in community so it's really good uh, so you've okay. got that to look forward to Stephen if you've not watched all of them already I tell you this, this is the first time you've watched Scrubs mm, yes first time I've watched it properly yeah like serialised yeah yeah it always used to just be on E4 and it would just be casual watching for me it reminds me of um, the current situation on Grey's Anatomy with Meredith Grey. She's still doing the voiceover and she appears every now and again, but she's gone, essentially. So it's like they're just kind of hanging on to them. OK, well, you know, keep up the good work there, but don't forget personal hygiene and sleep and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Craig. What, <laughs> what have you been watching? I finally managed to finish watching Only Murders in the Building. Oh, well done. I've, I'm not there yet. Yeah. It wasn't my choice to even watch in the first place, but it's like one of those things you get so sucked in. Any sort you of murder do. mystery, you always get something because you have to know if you were right about who did it. 
And um, yeah, I found it quite just like very, it didn't peak or trough as like I could kind of yeah. guess where everything was going. And then I was sort of always turning to my girlfriend on the left going, you know, this is just a red herring, right? Like, <laughs> it's not this person. Don't worry. They're just about making it. an episode out of this avenue yeah, of yeah. Uh, they, investigation. They, they try to give backstory to characters that might only be in the season or might only appear for five minutes. But uh, and then like they try and deepen Steve Martin and Martin Short or Selena Gomez's character, and it's just like yeah, it doesn't really do much, but it's casual watching you could drip in and out and it's got a recap so if you miss one it'll always be there so that was, was that fun. the third series there's three isn't there yeah three so it's weird because we've just gone from just binging it back to back to being like oh now we actually have to wait for this and it always ends on a cliffhanger so yeah yes 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 we, we did the first series i haven't got as far as the second one yet i have to say it didn't survive the uh, I'm sleepy test you know I fell asleep watching it so many times <laughs> I, I did, uh, the first season we watched and my girlfriend fell asleep and she said oh what did I miss I was like I'm not going to tell you you're just going to have to rewatch it this is your own fault for sleeping through a very sleepy program yeah I mean to be fair you could kind of catch up I didn't have to really go back and look at anything I just sort of was like what happened with that <laughs> but yeah no I guess it's just a bit of fun isn't it it doesn't it have the same sort of fun. Of- like the celebrities that come up and the last season had Paul Rudd and Meryl Streep and Meryl Streep's always good yeah. even in a show like this so mm-hmm. um the second season, it was Amy Schumer. That was their big celebrity. She was in it for all 30 seconds. Sting and Tina Fey were in the first one. So Yeah. The boys using all their contacts to, you know, give yeah. themselves a bit of credibility. Hilarious. Uh, I love Martin Short and Steve Martin in a way. We, we talked about that, the whole nostalgia thing in a way, and the way they kind of riff off each other is quite funny. And she's great as well. So. They make a lot more references to the movies they've been in in the third season, actually. It's like, oh, going, really? oh, I think they just referenced <laughs> the Three Amigos there or Father of the Bride. This is great. Yeah. This is what we know them for. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, okay, cool. Anything else? Anything else you're watching? You want to talk uh, about? So, because I finished that, I need something to watch while I'm just sort of working around the house and things like that. So, one of the yearly staples in my video library is um, Stargate SG One. So, oh. like Star Trek, a little bit cheaper because it's all filmed in Canada and all the locations are clearly filmed outside in Canada. But okay. like, it, it's very it building on the story from the Kurt Russell and James Spader movie from the 90s, which I loved as a movie in its own. So the show's really good and stars Richard Dean Anderson, who some people might know as MacGyver. And he's always oh. really sort of good, just brings that nice balance of like action and just like good story to everything. And the whole cast are good. So that's quite nice to watch uh, again, going into a very sort of sleepy hibernation time of year. I could just go on autopilot now. Are any of the big names in the series that were in the film? No, actually, no. No, they, they, I think there's a lot of the the sort of the music and some of the characters from the film, but like none of the big actors or writers okay. or anything like that. So, and where do you watch that? Uh, you have to subscribe to MGM via Amazon Prime. Uh, all ten seasons are on that. So if you can binge it quickly, ten you can try seasons. and do it in a seven day trial, which is what I'm attempting to do. Oh my god! Seventy-three. They only have like Stargate as their big franchise, so they were very quick to grab that off uh-huh. Netflix and try and subscribe that because fans still love it to this day. I think it was, okay. I think it was the single most longest-running TV series, bar Doctor Who, 
before that i think it was like star trek next generation so it's quite up there in terms of sci-fi fandom that's interesting. I didn't know that. OK, cool. So, yeah, seven days might be a push, but good luck with that. I have been watching not an awful lot of telly, but I did watch a lot of rugby, which we won't mention um, no, no. at this point over the weekend. And then The Reckoning, continuing with that, not finished it yet. Big Brother, continuing with it, but actually beginning to lose the will to live watching it so I might just sack that off soon I actually last night I was going back because I was a few days behind and I thought that they'd put a kind of a Sunday night catch up episode on and I was like perfect I can just drop the whole thing and just like, watch the sun- I don't know if anybody else does it's like the Hollyoaks omnibus like on the yeah Sunday, exactly well like not even the omnibus you can watch that. the whole thing but I just want the highlights do you yeah. know what I mean I just want to see like the you know the main fights, the main fallouts, the main tender moments and then some crying in the diary room. Like, that's all I want to see. And um, and then it wasn't. It was just another episode. I thought, oh, God, I just can't do this. I can't do this. So I'm I, I'm at it's the... so much to ask just for people crying in a room. I'm at the yeah. edge of the precipice when it comes to turning off Big Brother. But the other thing I watched last night, first episode of, was Boiling Point, you know, the oh, yeah. follow-on yeah. from the film. Have either of you watched that yet? No. No, yet. no, no. I've got got so much I'm working through, but it is definitely up there. On the yeah, list. this is one of my reasons for second half Big Brother as well. I just don't don't have time for it. You know, it's just so time consuming. An hour a day of that, it's like ugh, it's killing everything else. But um, the one thing I'll tell you about it is I don't want to give it too much away, but like literally. If you recall, we were talking about the energy levels of the film, mm. like they absolutely sustain that in the um, series, which it's kind of a funny feeling because you're like, this is so stressful watching this. It's so stressful. But then also you're kind of there for it. You know what I mean? You kind of want to see what happens. And having worked in various kitchens, you know, when I was in uh, uni and stuff, it, it is like, oh, my God, the, the stress of it all. Like, it's a, it's so real, you know. But there's some good new characters in it. And you can just tell that there's everybody's got their own little personal battles going on. And we see Andy, Steve Graham's character, not very much, actually, in the first episode. He is still recovering from whatever happened at the end of the film um, and quite depressed by the looks of things and his head chef has taken on a new restaurant and you're kind of straight away I mean the amount of things that throws up in the first episode is crazy like in terms of issues that all the different uh, characters are facing both within work and out with really enjoyed it but also kind of scared to watch the next episode because it's so stressful <laughs> Do you think like the actors had to sort of train in the kitchen then? Is that like how... Oh, I'd say they must have spent a bit of time in the kitchen because they're all very, very natural there. Like, I guess they've done something in that respect. But yeah, I would recommend it just based on that one episode. There's only four anyway, so it's not going to last very long. And the other thing I want to mention is that I watched this week, and you're going to kill me, is Coronation Street. There was a big storyline culminating Coronation Street this week, and I really enjoyed it. It was um, Stephen... Serial killer was getting his comeuppance. So um, if people like the soaps and haven't seen that, you can watch back. I wouldn't, you don't need to go back further than sort of Friday week ago and just watch it for the week and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen, shut up. Loads of people love the soaps, right? (laughs) I got quite a bit of Corey to catch up on if I want to catch up. That might, that might keep you going. Yeah, then you definitely lose all sense of time and place, etc. Some of the characters that 
started in the 60s or still in it though so there's a bit of continuity um, okay that's what we've been watching right over to you now Stephen so Stephen you're going to talk to us about bodies which um, Craig you were saying there about you like a murder mystery well this is a really a new oh. spin on a murder mystery isn't it it sounds really good it sounds really interesting tell us more Stephen it's also a good segue from Boiling Point because Stephen Graham is He's the involved. main sort of antagonist in the show. He plays Elias Mannix. It's an upcoming Netflix series that will be out when this goes out. It comes out on Thursday, all eight episodes. It's about um, four detectives at different points in time, one in the 1890s, one in um, 1940s during during the Blitz, one in the present day and one in like 2053, all in the same part of London, who find the same dead body in each of their timelines. And then these detectives all have to investigate, try and uncover the killer. And then throughout that, there's a sort of existential threat coming to light as well that could affect the future of, I guess, if not the world, then at least the UK and there's this uh, Mannix character who seems to be quite a dastardly villain and it, it becomes quite time travelly murder mystery kind of amalgamation gets a bit messy at times but they, they handle it quite well for a time travel detective series it could have been a lot more batshit than it was I guess it's got a pretty good cast. Like a lot of them are unknowns, but Jacob Fortune Lloyd, he's been in a few things off the top of my head. I can't think what I, 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 it was the kind of thing where I looked at him and I didn't know what I knew him from, but I think it was from a smallish role in Queen's Gambit. But he's okay. very good as the 1940s detective. And then uh, we have Amaka Okafor, who is the present day detective, DS uh, Shahara Hassan. Um, and Stephen Graham's obviously great. Took me a few episodes to get into it. Um, I thought the first couple, I wasn't really buying it. It was a bit stale. And I think the nature of a detective show where it is a murder mystery is that the first couple of episodes are just, they're just sort of spoon feeding you little bits of, um, of clues and red herrings and a little bit of information. And you sort of have to sit through it before you get to there's sort of a midway point where you uncover the big thing and then the plot can sort of properly get going. And once that happened, and that's the whole time travel aspect where some of the detectives realise they can communicate with each other through time and try and avert this big threat. Once that's happened, it sort of jogs along at a much uh, sort of better pace. So I think the second half was probably a lot stronger it's, it's definitely not my kind of thing. Like, I think it was a bit too convoluted and just a bit um, bit weird for me. But it was <laughs> it was good. I think people that are into that sort of genre, I mean, it's a very weird genre um, because it's in some ways a period detective drama and then in some ways a sci-fi detective drama. But it was a lot better than I thought it would be after the first episode. I remember last week I reviewed Fall of the House of Usher and that had a similar thing where the first episode was a bit of a slog and then it really picked up. Fall of the House of Usher I thought was fantastic. I don't think this is as good as that, but it's um, 
I think it's definitely going to have a lot of fans when it lands. You know how um, Dark and 1899 people really got into when they um, came out on Netflix and they were like the banner show that Netflix was advertising. I think a lot of people are really going to uh, enjoy it, but it's very, very timey-wimey at points. So how many episodes is it? Eight episodes, about an hour long each. And do they tend to like linger in one period for a very long time, or is it just like so the plot's so fast that it's flicking back and forth? You don't really get time to just. It's not like that. It's they don't have one episode in each timeline, but it's not like one minute here and then another minute somewhere else. You do have sort of extended scenes in in each time timeline, and at points it's you know half an episode might be set in the 1890s when it's um, necessary. So that that's quite good because it's not as jarring and as disjointed as it can be and as other sort of things from that genre tend to be where you're constantly flicking back and forth. It could be a lot harder to keep a handle on. Like you could end up way more confused. They've done it in quite an accessible way, I guess, which doesn't harm it. Like it's, it's definitely a good thing. I think that by the sounds of things, like, you know, it's very hard to find original sort of formats these yeah. days and it does seem quite original I know you're combining few, a few different genres there that kind of might jar as you say but seems reasonable to me you know it's a reasonable enough kind of idea so Stephen Graham his character what era is he from? Well that's a good question Without giving too much away in some ways he transcends He transcends time and place Yeah the time We know that of him Sure he he can be seen flitting about across across time, I guess. Mm. He did it. He's the baddie. He's the baddie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm very intrigued and I feel like I need something decent and different yeah. and fresh yeah. to watch. So It's not the kind of show you would really associate Stephen Graham with. Mind you, he does everything, doesn't he? He kind of can play any person in any age, can't he? <laughs> yeah. He's more into like the gritty social issue dramas, um, Shane Meadows, independent things, and you know, like um, this is England and Boiling Point and Time, where there's it's a lot grittier. Yeah, but he also did that thing that we watched recently, that Taboo, wasn't it? And he did he does some. Yeah, yeah. Sort of... Even in Taboo, he's like a rugged, down and dirty, scrappy mm. character, and in this, he's a lot more of a. Well, kind of a tough in some ways. Okay, yeah, he doesn't really play the tough a lot, does he? Yeah. But yeah, it's it's, a, it's an interesting thing to see him in that role, and he's obviously. I mean, mm-hmm. Stephen Graham's fantastic. I'm not going to criticize him. I'm just watching the trailer. Just now, I was actually looking up Jacob Fortune Lloyd's uh, credits, and now the trailer's playing as well. As I go, just watching the way the trailer's edited and how it's filmed is actually like pretty like high production. You can tell somebody's gone a lot of effort to sort of really sell this story, and I think. Like, yeah. if you're going to be doing something as daring as that and go all in, I think this is a, possibly a big one for Netflix for this year. Yeah, it's got it's got high production value and it I could see it getting a second season as well. They kind mm. of leave it. It resolves mm. completely. And then at the end, they go like, oh, but we could continue it with this scene. So they've left the door you gotta keep the dream alive okay thank you for the, that Stephen that's Netflix and it's out Thursday so today as this goes out all eight episodes Fabby the 19th of October awesome Craig over to you and Community so Community is a TV programme there extends the not, my knowledge <laughs> about this tell us about it okay right. so uh, do you like comedy 
And do you like movies? If so, then you will like Community. It's essentially the, ta- the tagline I'm creating for this. It's a show uh, starring Joe McHale, Donald Glover, uh, for the first four seasons. Oh, uh, before Chevy he was Chase famous, appeared. before he was big, before he was... Uh, no, that's, yeah. I think that's the reason why he did four seasons and then left is because he had Childish Gambino coming out um, as he was focusing on music and then after that, Atlanta... So if you're fans of Donald Glover for that, then you should watch this because this is very. This is just him being an actor. This is actor actor Donald. He's got his actor hat yeah. on, and okay, um, you know all the characters are very sort of two dimensional. But like, it's really funny from the sort of the, the the kind of comedy that Dan Harmon of Rick and Morty normally creates, and uh, it really runs away with itself halfway through the first season it, it, the first episode is literally just a premise that's like there's one character abid he's a bit socially dysfunctional um and can only relate to life through movies and sees this group of seven people in a community college from all walks of life chevy chase plays the older guy who's going who's just constantly learning joe McHale has been found out that he's got a fake law degree and needs to go back to college and then everybody else has their backstory as well abid sort of sees these seven people in their spanish study group class as um his breakfast club and there's so many references (laughs) to like 80s movies like that all the way through about how he sees everything else and situations that come up in life. He says, oh, it's, this is exactly like Star Wars. Oh, this is exactly like Goodfellas. And then there's just like this whole running mantra for like an episode where it's like that. And I feel like if you kind of looked on the forums, and I'm trying not to go into forums, the, they might affectionately just call each episode, oh, you know, the the, the Star yeah. Wars episode or the Mafia episode and things yeah. like that. Things like that. Uh, yeah. And it's good. It's I can tell that everybody had really good fun um, making this. Um, yeah. And Joel McHale and Ken Jeong went on to do a podcast uh, based on community. And mm. you could tell that just the way they riff off each other. I think the only person that didn't have a good time on that was Chevy Chase. Oh, after really? Three, after three seasons, he left saying that he just kind of didn't feel that he was gelling with the rest of the crowd, uh, uh, the rest of the cast. And I think there was more the fact that it was Chevy Chase was the problem within the cast and he was forced out and that was his way of saying face. Well, there's a little bit of interest to the thing. And in actual fact, I think after four, three or four seasons, Dan Harmon was actually uh, forced by the network to leave. So he took a one-year hiatus. Whether that was his choice or not, I, don't, I can't really tell. Um, and then he comes back. So um, I think How many it, series? this is quite good to sort of talk about because I think next year we're expecting the community movie, which is oh, okay. an in joke in itself to the show. Oh, hilarious. So how many series were there? Sorry. There's six. So like the, the running joke in the this TV show is that there was a show on American TV called The Cape. And it got cancelled, and I think everybody liked it, but it got cancelled anyway. So they said that it'll come back for six seasons in a movie. And then the running <laughs> joke after Community was that Community will do six seasons six in a movie. Six seasons in a movie. With okay. the hashtag and a movie trailing. So I think that's what we're expecting next year. Uh, okay, cool. It sounds good. Where did you watch it? Uh, that's still on Netflix, all six seasons. Cool. I feel like uh, definitely one for the film buffs, but also just a kind of an easy watch by the sounds of things, yeah. It kind of, it's very meta. 
So yeah, <laughs> you yeah. get sucked into it really easily. Good. We love it. We love a bit of meta. Okay. All right. Thank you both for joining me today. And thanks for listening. Do look out for Friday morning's Screen Babble Weekend Watch, which will preview what to watch over the weekend and beyond. If you have any suggestions for what TV we need to get into our lives, drop us a line via our social media. You'll find us on Twitter at National World TV and on all other platforms as National World. We'd love for you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many TV lovers as possible. We'll be back next week with more Screen Babble. Bye. 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 Bye.